Hey everyone, welcome to the Fit for Duty podcast. I am your host, Gilbert Rios, along with my co-host, Taylor Lopes. This is episode number one. Kind of want to go into Fit for Duty. Um, it's not just a fitness podcast. It's pretty much a podcast for first responders and military members wanting to pretty much be fit for duty. Not only just physical, but also mental, at home, family, whatnot. Um, you don't want to go through your whole career, whether it's going to be the military or first responders. Go through that whole life being out of shape but even that just being out of shape mentally and then uh pretty much just being not so good at home and then then the 20 25 30 years and you finally hang it up or even longer like we're thinking about where are you going to be at that time and kind of figure out like how am i going to be with myself mentally how is my health going to be physically how are my kids or how are my wife or whatever or am i just going to be alone at the end of all of that so we kind of want to make this podcast um kind of going into all those different aspects of everything Kind of going to the background with me, been in law enforcement five years, been involved in um, several crit- critical incidents, been involved in the OIS, and uh, done SWAT, detectives, uh, RTO with the Academy Cadets, and um, I now currently work sex crimes with children. And so I kind of have an idea of like what it feels like to go through different things like that, especially with my current assignment, having to, to see the content. Uh, it's not some content that people would usually want to see or could handle seeing. So I understand what it's like to be trying to be physically fit mentally for myself at home with myself too. And then also the different situations I've been in and how I've handled all that. And so hopefully I could give my experience to you and uh, whoever's listening. If you have been in similar situations or whatever, uh, you're able to kind of figure out what is it I do, what is it Taylor does or how different things that kind of handle. And like just know that you are not alone and there's other people who feel your way and some of the things that we're going to talk about will be sensitive but it's kind of figuring out pretty much i might say things that you want to say but you don't feel like saying because you feel like you're too manly or whatever it is and so i just feel like i could be a voice for you to be like you know what i don't feel too bad anymore because the only reason why i'm able to feel the way i am is because of my my co-host taylor um and my other good friend um shu is because whenever I did get involved in these certain incidents or whenever we did lose our friend to suicide who used to work with us in this profession, he was the one that was kind of just like, well, you know, you're going to go do this. You're going to go see a counselor or whatever. And I was just like, no, nah, I don't do that. But then hearing them who, and you'll see, you'll get his background right now. You'll be like, he's the baddest motherfuckers on the planet and they don't have a problem talking with someone. So then maybe I shouldn't. So hope this podcast helps you guys out. Uh, whatever you're listening, like whoever's listening and be like, you know, that's how I feel. Or even it's just like, even you don't have to be involved in all these different things. You, I mean, who knows your background, who knows what you've been through in life. It's kind of helping. And like I said, even if you don't ever get involved in this, hopefully you don't in certain types of things. It's just like, well, still how you can still be physically, you know, still work on yourself physically, still work on making your, you know, a better family, whatever, not at home. And I think overall this be a good podcast just for anyone really. But so yeah, Taylor, what do you, can you go into like a background yourself? Yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, so just so you guys know, like, this is not a war story type podcast. I mean, Gilbert and I actually both kind of hate talking about war stories or, you know, some people brag about them and they really haven't been involved in too much stuff. And I'm not really want to talk about it. Um, but with current events and things going on, suicide rate up in cops. And I think it's important for some of us to open up about things. Um, so it's the plan is just like, you know, Gilbert said, talk about sensitive things. Um, mental health, mental health awareness, um, things that we've been through, how we cope and, you know, kind of 
normalize and like getting help and like stop thinking that being quiet you're some badass you know because you know being silent is not helping anybody admitting you need help or not even just getting help or helping somebody else you know like the baddest motherfuckers i know they go to you know they have therapists and different stuff like that so not that it's a completely mental health podcast but it's more along the lines of just how to deal with uh how to deal with yourself and how to deal with the um with life and the job and everything that comes with it. And, you know, it could be good for your family to listen to as well, to kind of understand the mindset of people who have been through things without you having to tell them. Um, you know, I think I bring a little bit different perspective. Um, so I was 18 years in law enforcement, uh, started in a jail and kind of worked gangs. My end and went to streets. I've been on the streets for over 17 years and, um, promoted to a sergeant. I've kind of worked every little assignment. I've pretty much worked gangs, violent crimes, majority of my career with detectives, uh, canine. I was on SWAT for over 14 years, involved in multiple critical incidents, um, multiple OISs. Uh, I've had friends die. I've had somebody I supervised die and get shot and killed in line of duty. Um, I've had to carry their caskets, uh, and then I was injured uh, in the line of duty and was forced to medically retire. It wasn't really my choice what the county brought to me. So I'm medically retired now. So kind of free to say whatever the hell I want. And, you know, and having time out has really allowed me to kind of dig into myself and face certain things and uh, different stuff like that. So like I said, I bring a different perspective. I can talk about all the bullshit that's going on right now and, the poor management, poor leadership, and all these yes guys with no spine who are just fucking up our career, you know. So you may hear me say things that you agree or disagree with, um, but I'm just going to be saying what most of you guys are thinking, and I can get away with it because I have no repercussions. So, you know, it brings a little bit more uh, transparency when other people got to worry about getting in trouble, and I don't. So I think it'll be good. You know, I hope everyone listens to it with an open mind and give some feedback and questions and different things they'd like to see us cover. And really there's no limits to this, to this podcast. And I think it's a podcast for the people and things we can cover. And I think it's going to be good. No, for sure. I actually like the part that you brought up with the whole family thing. I didn't think about that. It would be, if I mean, if you were able to get, cause like podcasts are getting pretty big, are they, you know, they've been rising and rising. And I mean, you got moms, kids, Practically everyone's listening to podcasts. So if you're able to, if you're struggling a lot, um, just mentally or whatever, whatever it is, and you had a wife who didn't really understand our girlfriend or or whatever it is, that didn't really understand what you're going through or whatnot. Hopefully this is able to voice like, this is how I feel, or this is what's going on. And, and this is why I don't, you know, this is why I kind of, I'm am quiet and I kind of need help or whatever. So it's kind of like, it would be good for that person. Like, can you listen to this episode or whatever? And then the, you know, the person listens and like, Oh, I didn't know you're going through all that. Cause sometimes it's hard to explain. Cause to give an example, like going through when I was, uh, even just like losing Tom. Uh, and like, I never just, and my, my wife's lost, you know, both, both their parents and whatnot, but it was my first time losing someone uh, really important in my life, you know? And so I was trying to, figure out how to deal with it and even though i know what she was going through it's like how do i explain this to her because i'm i'm supposed to be like the man like the father you know like that strong figure and i kind of felt like not as strong because and i should have known that she would have been there because she would understand what it's like to have loss but then still even with all that you're i'm still like 
I don't want to show that because I don't feel, you know what I mean? So then like there'd be times where I'll just be sitting in the backyard, like um, like when uh, back when Tom and first died, I sit in the backyard and uh, just sit there and cry. And she's like, what's wrong? And I, you know, I wouldn't really, it was hard to say the words like, oh, I just miss him. You know what I mean? But why, yeah. like, what, why was it, you know, it kind of trying to figure out like, well, why was it hard to tell my wife who I love and I trust like that? But it's just like, it's, you don't want to feel, um, you don't want to feel less. You don't want to feel like you're not strong. And so it's like, now I learned like, Hey, like now that I've been through that with her and it's like, you know what, maybe I, I am strong and I shouldn't have to hide that. So if something was to happen later on. It's like, this is how I feel. This is what's going on. And she'll just, you know, do what she has to do. And the same thing with the shooting, same thing with everything. It's just like, <clears throat> just be okay with feeling how you feel. And if you have someone that loves you and that you trust, then it shouldn't be a problem telling them. And that, even if that's just a friend itself as well, and you're able to confine to them and just be like, this is how I feel. You should never have to bottle it up and just be like, I'm fine, you know, or I'll you know, yeah. try to figure things out. No, I, I agree. And I think there might be like a lot of, I say wives because I'm a guy, but you know, a lot of spouses or significant others, whatever the hell it is that, uh, might have questions and stuff for the podcast. And I, th- and I think it's important, like in what you're talking about to where you didn't want to talk to her. And I think it's, so I've kind of understand it. It's like, you got to understand too, like we're protectors, right? So we look at it as, oh, I don't want to be weak to my wife, but essentially you don't want to throw up your drama, your pain, your hurt onto your spouse. Yeah. Right. And that's where like therapy and good friendship comes up because imagine if you came home and there's guys who do it, and I know their wives and they're about as shit shows they are because they come home and everything they experience in work, they tell to their wife. So the trauma that you experience or the trauma that you experience all day long, now your wife has to live it. Right? And again, yeah. sorry if I say wife, significant other, I mean it for everybody. Your significant other has to experience your pain, your hurt. So it's a hard experience for some people to be like, well, I don't want to tell my spouse that or my girlfriend or whatever. Because we feel like we're weakness, but really there's a protecting side of you. You're trying to protect them from not being as mentally fucked up as you. You know what I mean? Experiencing those things. Because I think there is a very fine line, and it's going down a topic that we'll probably cover later on. It's a, there's a very fine line of why you shouldn't come home and tell your significant other everything. Because then your life at home becomes work. It's all about work. And all you talk about is the shooting and this and that. And it's like, your home should be your escape. You come home. How was your day? It was fucked up. And we had a baby death. All right, cool. I'm going to make you some dinner. We'll hang out, blah, blah, blah. No more talking about work unless you want to. Like, so that's, there's like, there's, we could talk about this. It was, it's to by itself for like an hour. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think it's important for spouses to hear these podcasts and ask questions because, um, and I've been through a divorce and I've done it to where I didn't tell them anything and I told them everything. And then it got to the point where it's like, you know, my kids knew everything and every shooting I was in, I had to explain to them a little bit because stuff was going to be in the news and they wanted them to see it. And it's like, man, there's a really fine, fine line of how much you should be telling people at home. And again, we'll talk about it later on, but that's where therapy comes into play because you can throw up all over a therapist and who, you know, that's their job, throwing up all over your significant other. And now they carry your burden and your demons and your hurt. You know, I've seen that cause some pretty significant issues. So um, but I think it's good that spouses listen to the podcast and I hope people know they can send us questions and that's anonymous. Like, you know, if someone wants to be like, Hey, I heard your podcast and you know, my husband is just having some issues with this, this, or this, like, what do you guys think? Like, we're not going to ever, ever in a bazillion years, put someone's name out there or find a way to get to us because I think there is some really deep, dark 
topics that people want to hear covered. And I guarantee you, I've probably experienced them myself, or at least had those thoughts. And I mean, we've both been through some shit. And again, it's not a war story podcast. It's just being fucking real and being open because this whole everything's fine and sugarcoated and this is perfect world is what's getting people killed and why law enforcement officer first responders are killing themselves at an alarming rate. So we're just trying to open up those walls and break them down at the same time. Exactly. And I actually just got back from a training that was giving like numbers on just the officer involved, um, like deaths and, um, it's the highest it's ever been. I think it was just within these past months of this year, it was higher than it was like a whole year of like last year or something like that. Oh yeah. So it's, it's just getting, it, it, but it shows you that progression. He was going through like the progression of our deaths and it just gets every year. It's just worse and worse and worse and worse. And not only that, just cause I'm also, um, I was also in the Marine Corps. So I'm a Marine. I was in Marine Corps for four years, 2010, 2014. And um, so a big thing that um, we always got talked about was just like, you know, um, military suicides, you know, and that's always been a bad thing. And the whole 22 a day and whatnot. And then having like Tom, who was also a Marine and him kill himself and then him going through what he was going through. And so and we also talked in that training, like now you always heard of like military members, you know, going to, deployment of his Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever it was. But then now you have like a big thing. Well, the, I'm, you know, just me being law enforcement. I was like, I noticed like there's like this big thing now too, with even just law enforcement suicides as well. And you have to remember like, <clears throat> no, I guess no one really realized it because they're going through stuff every day. And like a guy, so it's kind of like, they're, I mean, they're going there. Like he's like, you brought up the whole baby deaths and whatnot. Like that's, that's hard on a person. And like going to war is one thing. And like they're both, like I said, I was, I was in both areas, but like going to war. And then now you're seeing this whole same trend with like law enforcement and even just first responders, like you could be working EMT, working the ambulance, you know, firemen, like you're seeing, yeah. seeing bodies in a way that you shouldn't ever see a body. And then you're having to tell it's like, I've been on just the regular car, like just car wrecks and like a, guy just splatter over the roadway and then the fireman's there and try to do what he's got to do the emt person's there so they're seeing the same thing then they're seeing the wife screaming and crying trying to you know keep them calm or whatever so like everyone we're all in this together because everyone's kind of going through it together and so it's like you start seeing these i mean everyone wants to feel they don't want to feel you know like like they're like they're strong and so it could just like i said not just law enforcement itself but this us, you know, that same that training is just pretty much for us. You're getting those numbers, like it's getting worse and worse. So imagine the EMT guys, imagine the firemen, imagine the ER nurses and the doctors, like they're, it's just all a mental game that's getting more rough every year. And I just feel like, I mean, 15 years, 20 years ago, we talked about, you know, trying to mentally be strong. It's going to be a different conversation from, from now. So I'm glad that we have this platform to be able to put that out there for people whether it's military, whether it's law enforcement, first responders or whatever it is. So. No, I agree. I mean, you brought up a really good point, like with all first responders, because it's all the same, like you're seeing the same thing. Like, like you said, nurses, firemen, EMT, like we're all, all seeing and experiencing the same thing from baby deaths, the cars, people burned in cars. And like, you see shit that you should never see. And it's like, one thing I've noticed through like the timeline, cause I was always good. Like I'm in. My, I'll just keep it the critical instance, but critical instance never really bothered me. You know what I mean? Or like I always said, they never bothered me. And it's just like fucking whatever. Like I just ran at hundred miles an hour. And then once I retired, like, and you have nothing but fucking time to think, 
then you're like, dude, we're a lot more, <laughs> we're a lot more fucked up than we think. You know what I mean? Just because your body, like you'll go from one car accident. I mean, you know, like you, you work patrol and you'll go to a homicide where there's a dead body, right? And whether it's a kid, adult, whatever it is, yeah. detectives come, you go right back to work. Like no, no difference in a fireman. A fireman responds to a traffic accident. They'll see a, a dead child, maybe give child CPR. And then they cut people out of the cars and they uh, clear that call, go back to the firehouse and then they'll get distant somewhere else. Like there's no time. And it's, it's, I've realized it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Like there's no time to sit and fucking think about it because if you did, it would be all bad. So we just put it way back deep in the back of our head and you just, you know, you just, you just start running from call to 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 call. And 20, 30 years goes by. You and then end of your shift, you pack up, you go home, you kiss your kids, do whatever it is, you come back and you're already mentally ready for the trauma and ready for the dead bodies and the blood and the gore. And, and just you're just ready for it. Like just no one else, you know, very few people on earth have to do that. You think about like an ER nurse, she's thinking, like, all right, what am I gonna walk in today? Like her seeing death, death, and I say her, I Sorry if I piss somebody off. I always say, well, her, him, wife, whatever. It's not what I mean. But the ER nurse is just like, when they walk through the doors, they are already ready to see blood, gunshot victims, dead babies. Like, they're preparing for that. Now, they may not mentally see it, but there's plenty of studies behind that shows, like, your elevated blood pressure is already, as soon as they start putting on their scrubs or cops putting on their vest, firemen putting on their boots, your blood pressure is already spiked because you're just ready for that trauma, right? So as you drive to work, it gets higher. As you walk through the doors, walk to the firehouse, get into a patrol car, it is like sky high, whether you want it to be or not, because you were just ready for it. I mean, I know where nurses that work um, like OB and like Valley Children's and my cousin has worked, uh, she's worked with like infants. I don't know what you want to call it, but like they get dead babies, like, you know, babies that are delivered and die in their hands or they're trying to work them. And you'll just see them crushed down in tears. And it's just like, but then the baby goes away. They move right back on to the next, whatever it is, next patient, next call, next fire dispatch. Like it's a crazy life that people really don't quite understand how it's going. Like, and we just, we just turn it on, we turn it off. Turn it on, turn it off. So it's, I remember my first, well, I've had a lot of dead babies, unfortunately, but like my, one of my first traffic accidents, the baby was ran over by a car. She was mangled to death, like bloody. I got there and no one was really doing much. So I grabbed the baby and I couldn't see where her eyes and her nose and her mouth were. So I, I just started trying to give her CPR. I'm swallowing the baby's blood and I'm wiping the blood off of her face. And my daughter was three at the time and the baby was three at the time. So I remember seeing my daughter in her face like that's I didn't see somebody else's child. I saw my own daughter in her like I felt like I was giving my own daughter CPR. And we load her in the ambulance. I got blood everywhere. Swallowed her. We go to the hospital. Nurses are working on her. There's blood everywhere. The mom makes it into the back. The mom's holding the baby. Doctors finally call it. They pronounce the baby deceased. The mom grabs him and won't let him go. We're hearing the mom scream. The nurses are crying. The doctors are crying. And we eventually have to pry the baby out of the mom. We gave her a lot of time, you know, with her, but we eventually had to pry the dead baby out of the mom's arms, put her in a truck and take her to the morgue. Like just put some thought into that, like whole thing. Right. Yeah. And I did it. 
my uniform was stained with blood. It still is to this day. And uh, then we just went on to the next call. Everyone's like, oh, you're good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. You know what I mean? But meanwhile, I go home and I look at my daughter and I see the dead baby in my daughter. You know what I mean? But I just went to bed, woke up, went back to work the next day. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just like, that is just a very small example of how your body processes and deals with certain things and just you don't understand it. And I think it's a good thing that you don't understand what's going on at the time, but that's why we're just seeing and dealing with the issues that we are, you know what I mean? Cause it's, I don't know. It's crazy. No, like, like, man, just like you said, like, so whoever's listening, like, like if you are that first responder or military guy, or even just that, Anybody. Spouse, that spouse is listening, like think, think that that's just one call. And like you said, you brought up, like they move on. So like that was one, one call of the night. That call was actually at six o'clock. We went on at five. That call was at six o'clock at night. We went from briefing, straight from briefing, straight to that call. And then we, I worked the rest of the 12 hour shift. Exactly. So like one call out of all your years of service. So like now just put all those different things into all those years. Like that just builds up and builds up and builds up. So mm. whoever's listening, like, like, cause I didn't realize it. I, I mean, I, I love I love my job, but I didn't realize it until you actually told me when, as you're my supervisor, you're like, yeah, we're actually just talking, you know, we start getting into these deep conversations, but you, you were the one that kind of brought into me and like Roger's done it a few times too. It was just like, you're like, you guys explained it to me like, cause I'm having fun. Yeah. Like I'm having a good time. I I like what I do, but then you actually like, like, Hey, you good? Like, yeah. And it's just, you start going into like, you know, like things, you got to understand how bad things are. You might not see it right now. Or I just want to make sure you're good, but like think about our day. And so you actually like walked me through our day. Like we saw this, we handled this baby, we handled this car wreck, we handled this gunshot victim who's screaming for help. We handled this girl who's just been raped. And like, so think about this one day. Like, are you good? Like, think about like we got we actually go through some shit. And I'm like, shit, like I didn't even think about it like that until I was actually walked through one of our days, you know, or a yeah. weekend or a week or a work week. And I was like, things are pretty bad. But when you're younger, you don't really, you know, you're more newer and younger. You don't really notice that you like you, you know, you're doing your job and you're happy you're doing your job. Well, and you're doing what you have to do, but I'm happy. Like there's people like you and Roger, who could just be like, like actually think about our day. Like, Oh, like this is actually a pretty, I'm not to try and put me down, but it's just like, understand, what's no. going, understand what's going on mentally. So just something pops up in your head later on when you're at home or whatever, you have time to think. Yeah, I want you to be able to be like, be able to come to me and talk to me, but like, think about like, we are going through some shit. It's not just like, we're not just getting the cars and just having like, you know, just going off into the sunset or whatever and doing what we got to do. Like the day is not just sitting around like you, you're going to be going through some stuff. I just want you to know that there is some stuff going on and that you see it yourself. Like you didn't notice it. Like, I don't know why you're just kind of blind to it for some reason. It's weird. And so I was like, oh shit, like, like, like you brought up, like, you're going to go through this, 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 and this, this is just one day. And I'm just like, man, like, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy because when you think about the military, like you're at home, you're training for, well, more recently when there's when there's Afghanistan and Iraq popping off, it was like you're training for war, you're training to deploy, but you're just at home training, training, training. And then when you go to your deployment, whether it's six months or a year, you're, you're trying to deal with those that time frame, you know? But when you're, as a first responder, like that's your every day. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're, trying, you're trying to train in between these different times like we'll get together train or whatever and then you go on to a call but this is your every day like there's no there's no going to like six months of all this it's just no this is going to be 15 years 20 years 30 years of your career 
so that's want you to understand like this is what's going on this is how bad it really is wait like you know try to wake you know wake up like it's have fun still have fun but this is what i'm like oh shit there's like this actually you know make sure that i'm mentally good and have to have like certain outlets to work on um throughout all this but now i'm glad that i have someone like you to to be able to do that because like i said like when you first come in you're just kind of like gung-ho and just like going on like happy and excited and uh you don't really get to see all that kind of stuff or think it seemed like that way no, I agree. And I think I hope this podcast kind of reaches certain people because I know there's a lot of people just getting into the job. And it's like, <clears throat> just truly think about the job. Because I think people get so wrapped up in, uh, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm a cop or a deputy sheriff. I got this cool equipment, this cool badge, this cool power. And they're taking all these fucking selfies and shit. And it's just <laughs> like, like, you have a job and you have a duty. Like, I always said, like, no one's going to die on my watch because my lack of preparation you know what I mean? Like, and I mean, mental preparation, physical preparation, eat, drink, fucking health. Like people's lives literally depend on you, your partner's lives. Like when you shop up in the morning, these guys are showing, I see people talking about like, just someone like they just, they feel like they're playing a fucking video game, but like they're coming to work. And I remember having to tell people like, Hey, you know, I might die today because you fucking didn't prepare. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, whether you, you know, didn't sleep last night because you were fucking, you know, drinking too much or out with your friends or whatever it is, or you haven't been working out, haven't been eating right or doing all this stuff, like you signed up for this job. And if you are not physically fit or mentally prepared to save my fucking life, I will die because you suck. Like through the, you carry that burden every day. That's, that's just it. Or say a domestic violence victim or somebody is going to die because you couldn't break through a door or you couldn't wrestle somebody or something's going to, you might die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I've always said though, and I think that should really kind of go with the whole, like where we're heading with this is like, nobody should die because you did not prepare mentally, physically, like everything that, that comes with it. Like you're not showing up to a video game. There's no times out. So there's no fucking referees. You know what I mean? If you're scared, like I've seen people freeze. I've seen people, I know one trainee specifically is like, you know, showed up and loved the equipment, loved the attention. And we went to one of the bloodiest fight for our lives I've personally really ever been in and just fucking froze and never came back. So, you know, and then that's okay. But you know what I mean? That's lack of mental preparation. Everybody told him how fun this shit is, making money, carrying this badge and all of this stuff. So that's what he wanted. He wanted the fun. I should say they wanted the fun. They didn't want what actually comes with it. They didn't want the realness. Like, it's almost like that Instagram versus reality life in this job now. You know, you see these people showing up, wanting to take selfies, taking pictures with their wives and shit, which is cool. You know what I mean? Then they hit, then reality hits them and they're like, hold on, time out. You know, like what happened to the selfie world, shaking hands, handing out shit to babies and kids and looking good and Hanford Sentinel newspaper. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's a small bullshit part of the job. Like, you have to be prepared for the ugly side of it. And I don't think people, a lot of people mentally are not prepared. And honestly, I don't think the academies are preparing them anymore. If anything, with nowadays they're preparing them to be soft and like, that's crazy. So I'll leave it there before I go too far. No. And you're right. Cause I, I worked at the Academy for four years and um, like it is definitely every year it changes and changes. And especially having like, when you have an Academy, that's more, I've always liked those academy where it's like that department has their own academy, you know, so they're able to get off whatever they need to get off. But then even with them, though, it's going to be the same way as time goes on. It's going to be much softer. Oh, yeah. It's going to be much um, don't talk to them that way or limit you what you say and whatnot. And um, yeah, and even even just taking like I never they tried to take out like cussing is like a big thing. I still 
I still kind of did it actually. Yeah. But I, I'd ask them be like, Hey, like you hope <laughs> it is. So it sucks. It sucks. That you have to ask them like, this is how I talk. Are you guys okay with that? Obviously I always said, yeah, but to be able to have to ask that is fucking stupid yeah. because no, I agree. you're going to go up to someone in this profession, even if, like I said, whatever, whatever first responder you are, even if you're the hospital fireman, whatever, you're going to go up to, you're going to have a call and people are people. They're going to cuss at you, fight you, spit at you, whatever it is, bite you, you know? And so the fact that like I can't cuss at them, but then they're going to be cussed at. And just like you brought the incident, like even with just use of force training in the academy has gone more softer than it is. You know what I mean? So they're not even really doing much. And then, like you said, you had these situations. I know what situation you're talking about because I was actually there and they freeze up like that. And it's just like that. It's, it's like, well, what are you, you know, what are you doing here? Cause like, that's scary. I can imagine you being you and then that's your training. And it's like, shit, like, yeah, now you got to think about, is he okay, but I'm trying to fight this guy and there's weapons involved and, but is my training okay? Like, what's he doing now that he run off? Like, is he, you know what I mean? Then you don't know what he's going to do that you're trying, now you're trying to handle two different uh, situations and then yeah, you have backup coming, which comes in handy and whatnot. But I can see where you, I can see, yeah, like people really need to think about what it is that they're going to do. Like when you see your friends who are nurses and they're taking these selfies, like, yeah, it looks fun, but you got to really think about, are you going to be able to save that person's life? You know, are you going to be able to talk to that husband or that wife or talk to the patient and actually get them? Are you going to be that? Are you going to, are you going to be able to be that person? Are you be that fireman? who's able to get, get, you know, get dressed as fast enough as possible. Are you really going to be able to sacrifice and either go into fire or save someone's life medically, whatever it is able to use the, their machinery to you know open cars and when are you be proficient at it and uh, fast enough you know like, you get, while everyone's screaming asking for help it doesn't matter what first fun job you're in but you are you able to be able to tell yourself that i'm able to do that or handle it or is it's just yeah they really need to start they really need to think about it and not just so much see all these tiktoks bullshit i hate that shit the yeah i hate that shit too and don't get me wrong like I mean we would take dumb pictures and shit like that too and it's like okay and i get like that's kind of a new thing like and have fun with it. You should have fun with the job too. But listen, if, I almost feel like you got to earn your fucking right. Like you got to earn your right to take these bullshit pictures of yourself in a patrol car or something like that. And that maybe sounds dumb to some people, but listen, if you've been through this shit and you're putting yourself out there, okay, then it's a little bit different. Like these people have never been involved in anything or I don't know. And it's like, you know, cause sometimes like the whole TikTok and the selfie thing, not to make that a whole topic, you know, it can be a release for some people, you know what I mean? So if you're out there and you're actually fucking doing it and you're in the blood and you're into tears and you're grinding, okay, have fun with it. You know what I mean? But just don't let that define you. Like, cause I, people love the glory of the job. Like they love the glory or the, center of attention of all of these jobs. Like, just don't let that define you. Like, I don't know, like you better, if you have some stressful moments, your shift is down and slow and you're doing some stuff like that. All right. That's one thing, you know what I mean? Make it memorable, but you better fucking earn that. Right. Like you better not be backing down from gangsters, refusing to stop people or firemen scared to go into a fucking house or a nurse not wanting to you know do their job. But yet when shit's great, then you're taking all these TikToks, you know, Telling the world to the world how it is like you know fucking earn your right to show yourself off like that but that's just my opinion yeah that makes sense right there um another big thing that so like i guess one of the things that I, how can i say about it? so pretty much i want to talk about like how you just brought up it's just i never realized 
being a deputy, like, you know, how you do, you have to notify the next of kin, like what had happened to the, you know, there's a death in their family, whether it's their spouse or kid or whatever it is, you know, the next of kin and whatnot. And um, that was a big, like, wake up for me, not understanding what, you know, the, what, what is it that we do, you know, and whatnot. Cause like, even me, when I was going through the academy and coming in, I was like, you don't really, you think you have an understanding of what a cop does in a day, but you don't. You know what I mean? Until you start going through it, and never my, I never my first uh, notification um, of death with my FTO, and yet, so you're literally telling this person like, "Hey, I'm so and so with whatever your your wife's dead." That was, that was my first one. Was like, "Your wife's dead," and it's just like I learned to I learned that I sucked at doing it the first time because you got to realize like you don't realize like this is someone's wife's someone's mom yeah. someone you know what i mean and it, it was it sucks to see them there but you know i'm able i'm able to even when i started i was able to handle death and dead bodies but what was i trying to work on was trying to be more empathetic and understanding to the person that you're letting you know and so yeah i still did it good or like hey like you still i still notified them you know did what i got my job but it's just like i never telling she and olsen i was like i suck at being i want to be more empathetic towards that person yeah like what is it because i never seen um she do it and several other people do it and they're like they do it but it feels like that like they've known that person for years but they don't they just met them that day just yeah. to let them know and it's like man like i don't seem like i do it like that i feel like i feel like i'm just telling them blah 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 and i feel but inside i feel horrible because i'm like like be more connected to like try but you know but as time went on, as the years went on, I was like, I got better and better at it. I got more understanding because then you start seeing all this stuff and how it affects us. They break down in front of you, you know? And it's like, now I've gotten more understanding with it and more experience and just more life, I guess. Um, and then now I'm able to do a lot better. But at least I got to tell myself, they're like, you know what? You suck at this. You need to be better at it. And so I just talked to people who were good at it. Just how do you do that? How do you get more? Not, it's not like that. Yeah, just, I guess I... Yeah, just more understanding, I guess. You well, just you, talk to people. I don't know. Well, we've talked about it before and about other things. It's like, I think the problem is with the academy and a lot of cops and in like training and you come there, they make you like a fucking robot. It's like, this is the book. This is how you fucking do it. Blah, 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 blah. Like everyone's like, don't take things personal. All the shit. Get the fuck out of here with that. Like, I remember in the academy, people are like, if you do death notification, you show up and you very direct and to the point. Right. Don't make it personal. Like, yeah, fuck that, you. Yeah. That, you know, that's complete bullshit. Like, that's what's wrong with cops. Like, think with your heart. I took everything fucking personal. They say what they want. But to me, like, I was pretty confident in what I did and how I did it. But if I'm telling somebody that their their family member is dead, I'm telling them the way that I would want to be told. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. treat everybody how you want to be treated. And like, if if you're given a death notification, talk to them, understand what they're going through. Yes. Be direct about the person has died. Don't beat around the bush when it comes to that, but be empathetic about it. Hey, I mean, I remember spending hours with people like calling family. I went and picked up people, drove, drove them to their house so they could be with somebody like do some research before you show up to a fucking house, Facebook, Instagram, do some fucking research before you show up. You know what I mean? It's like, just think with your heart. If you think with your heart, in this job, you will go so much farther than what the book will take you. Legally, you can do a lot of shit. Morally, you can't do a lot of shit. Like, just think with your heart. Be a person. If you stop somebody and they're going to do something, and what for whatever reason they don't have a license or whatever, like, think with your fucking heart. It's like your agency may not necessarily like that. The law may says you know you're not breaking any laws, but it's like just think with your heart, and you're going to be okay. 
You know what I mean? It's like what you're talking about. That's literally what you had to find because the academy is making you into a robot. Your FTOs, not maybe not all of them, but some of them are telling you to be a robot. Don't take it personal. I saw actually what made me be a cop because I never liked cops. What made me be a cop is seeing cops treat people like shit for no reason. Like, why are you talking to this person like that? Now, don't get me wrong. You get what you got coming. You know what I mean? If you're a good person, you're talking good. That's what you're going to get. You're respectful. You're going to get respectful. You're disrespectful. You're going to get disrespected. Then this is how it goes. And I would treat anybody like that. So, but for you, you just had to break that stereotype. You know what you were taught of be a robot. You were taught to be a fucking robot and not use your heart. And you just eventually were like, this is not me. Like I want to get better at a death notification. But who nobody wants to get better at a death notification. I mean, you, but I mean, you did because you were thinking with your heart, you're surrounded by people who are like, Hey bro, like stop being a robot. Like you don't got to be an asshole. Like these people's family members just died. You're waking them up at two o'clock in the morning and say, Hey, your son's dead or your wife's dead or, you know, someone's dead. Fucking think about it. If that was your door, mm-hmm. how would you want to be treated? You know, after I was, well, after I was forced or forced to medical out, I had this lady call me, dude, and I, or no, sorry, she messaged me on Facebook. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, hey, she was like 15 years ago, my husband and their son ki- and my son killed himself a month apart and you responded out here. And I, I honestly had no idea. I couldn't remember it at all. And then she gave me more details than I did. She was like, out of everybody who showed up, detectives and everybody, you sat with me, made sure I was okay, called my place of employment, brought my kids to me, and all of this stuff. She goes, no one else would even talk to me. And she goes, and that changed, that helped me deal with both of the suicides that I had to deal with a month apart. And she was like, you treated me like a person. You at least acted like you cared. And she goes, but it seemed like you cared. And I was like, well, yeah, I did. Like, I didn't do nothing special. Honestly, I literally did nothing special. I just fucking treated her like a person. <laughs> like it's not hard. Like that should be pretty easy for people. You know what I mean? But stop trying to impress your peers or these other people and treat the person who's in front of you good. And you know, you'll go so much farther in your career. And honestly, you'll deal with the stress and the trauma better knowing you made a positive difference in somebody's life. Like and it goes fit for duty, but that like, we're going to get into fitness on all that, but Mental health has how you treat, you treat people like shit. I've seen people struggle in retirement because they treated people so bad and it just, it hit them when they retired. Like, man, I really treated people bad. Cause as you get older, you kind of think about things a little bit more and do they couldn't live with themselves. I have zero regrets in my career. Zero. I treat it. Yeah. People have what they got coming, but I meant like good people got treated fucking good and they're gangsters. Everybody, they were good to me. I was good to them. That's just, just how it goes. And, and that's essentially what you're saying, like with your, your part of your story is saying like, it bothered you not to be able to use your heart. Yeah. But they eventually, you were just like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And you worked for an agency who was like, yeah, think with your heart. And you did. And that's how it needs to be. Yeah, no. And that's why I like where I, where I work because like you brought up, you're not liking cops. <laughs> it, that's, that's exactly how I was when I met Thomas and Thomas was a uh, was a deputy where we worked at, and he's the reason why I work, why we met, and why I work where I work is because I was a Marine, just getting out of the Marine Corps, going to school, and I meet this guy Thomas, <clears throat> and he's like, "Hey, Marine, what's up? I'm a Marine too. There's only two of us. We talk, you know. He's putting me under his wing, like just making sure, like, are you good? Like, what are you up to? You have a job, you know? I'm like, no, I'm just going to school. Pretty much just guiding me along, like just you know, if you, well, if you need help, you know." <clears throat> why don't you come and ride along and whatnot? And I was, I never hear asking for the ride along the first time. Like, Hey, you want to come out ride along? And I was like, 
and see how how you like it and maybe you know maybe come into law enforcement and i never tell him i was like i was a like, man i don't even like cops and he's like well i'm a cop and he's like i was he's like, like you like me and i'm like you know what that is true <laughs> i was like i don't know i just me growing up um even even as a marine too i i never been it's just like you said the experiences of of like a shitty cop and i love cops oh, yeah. too but i'm just saying like you there's always those 10 percent that you know that who just fuck it up for everyone but my experience though i've never been like five years old and the cops in my city come up to me and i didn't have like a helmet on back in the day you know riding a bicycle and i remember them scolding me yelling at me and then taking me to the front of my my, like my parents like knocking on the door like you're stunned to have a helmet blah 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 i'm just like me now as a cop i'm just like i would never do that to a young like a little kid you know like i'm in charge like now now it makes me wonder i'm a cop now i'm just like this is the guy who is coming after this child not coming after like not, not he's just verbally coming at me but and he thinks he's all powerful yeah. but i bet you when he hits up the three or four gangsters he exactly very that's but what I'm, i was just gonna yeah, say but i'm the cop who's like i'm gonna see that kid and i'm like i'm not i'm not no badass on that i'm just like this really small cop and i like you know it's always funny but the way I was raised and that, it just makes me a different person. But I'm the cop who sees the kid with no helmet. I was like, oh, hey, what's up? What are you doing? Oh, let me see your tricks, you know? And I'll, like, laugh at them. What are you up to? Blah, blah, And I go on with my day, and they just keep on doing their thing because I was a kid riding bikes and I, you know, with my friends. And I don't, you know, yeah. if I don't want a helmet, I want a helmet. And then when I see the three or four gangs, so I go up and drive up and get on the car and talk to them by myself. Yeah. And no problem with it, you know? And it's like, now it makes me wonder, like, that guy wasn't all power as much all powerful as no. i thought he was when i was younger he was just throwing like thinking he was whatever he was thinking because he couldn't do it to the other people Gangsters. so i'm gonna go do it to this person it's always yeah. I, I just love the fact that when i could come and be a cop i could be that much better of, of a cop and then so like and then even the experience too i never getting pulled over when i was in my 20s already as a marine home on leave i sat like three times and it was always chp um well, you know, high patrol boys over there. But every single time I got pulled over, all the three times as a Marine on home on leave, yeah, I was speeding. My fault, you know. I still I accept that part. And they asked me, like, you know, I pulled you over, yeah, I was speeding. I'm sorry, I apologize. And I was always I was always very nice because I was full on Marine too. So just like yes sir, yes sir, no sir, whatever. And so I think they saw my haircut, all the yes sir, no sir stuff. <clears throat> all the yes sir, no sir stuff. And it's just like uh, are you in the military? Yeah. Are you a Marine? Like, yes, sir. And it's like, how do you, how would you feel if I called your CEO right now and let him know that you're speeding out here and blah, 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 blah. And in that moment, I'm just like, you're a bitch. Like <laughs> either give me the fucking ticket or just be like, Hey man, like slow down. Like, you know, you know, this, you know, you, you know, just be better, slow down, blah, blah, blah. And have a good day, you know, but like pick one. Don't, there's no reason. Like. I don't, you don't gotta be, be. You don't gotta belittle somebody. I don't yeah, be I, don't, I don't gotta be scolded, motherfucker. Like I'll be, you know, I already get scolded all the time when I go to my unit. So you know, I already you you scolding me has nothing to do with whatever you gotta do. I don't give a fuck what you think about what blah 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 blah. blah. And so I never said like it's like and all three times it happened. I'm like, how the fuck do you guys all get together and like do the <laughs> same exact tactic? Oh, you're a marine, yeah. Oh, how would you feel? Blah blah blah. You know what? And I after like the third time I got annoyed, I was just like. What are you gonna do? Like, just give me the ticket or whatever. But I, it causes bad things like that. So when I when I meet Thomas later on, it's like, dude, I don't, I don't know, I don't even like cops, whatever. And like, there's other instances too. Growing up, you know, running around yeah. the north side, running around the north side of here too. But like, there's always was more stuff. But 
and I understand why I didn't, I still respect the cops and I still, you know, I liked what they did. I knew that they're there. I always knew what their job was in there for help. I just like, man, these little experiences are like, what's giving me like, I don't want to do that job, you know? And then I never him bringing me over and I was just like, you know, what? I want to do this job. I love this. This is pretty awesome. But as I worked and when I do my traffic stops, that's what I liked about our department. Cause I remember FTO is like, I was like, how do you do, how do you pull someone over? He's like, or how do I talk when I pull someone over? He's like, just do what you want to do. And I'll tell you if you're doing it. Okay. It was like, he didn't teach me. No, he's like, just, I want to see how you do it. Just go, go talk to him. I was like, all right. And I literally talked the way I talk right now. Just normal. Like, Hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. I'm not doing like all formal. I'm yeah. so-and-so blah, blah, blah. I was like, Hey, what's going on? What's up? How's, I always say, what's up? I'll say whatever. I'll literally talk however the person in the car is. And um, so if it's people more my age, I'll talk to them the way I would talk. If it's people like much older, like, um, like, like, uh, like an older couple or whatever, or just older people, like, yes or no, so you know, but still talking to them the way I want to talk though. And I throw in little words here and there that they might like, and then they like, we all laugh. We all have a good time. See you later. Like, Hey, slow down, blah, blah, blah. I'm never like an asshole about it. Like I'll lecture someone. I need to lecture someone, but if I'm, if I'm just doing that, that's my whole intention. Then why do I need to le- you know what I mean? It's just stupid. Either I give them a ticket or whatever, but I like the fact that I went through what I did and they always said, I know 90% of the time, I think every time I pull someone over 90% of the time, which is hundreds of people, they're always like, thanks for being so nice. After they just did, you know, they just did something I pulled them for over for like, appreciate you being so nice. Like you don't get that as often. I'm like, oh, that's how we do things here. You know? And like, I noticed that a lot of the county people, you always got that same reaction. Like you guys are a lot nicer than the city cops. And I'm like, and, but we got that leeway to talk how we want to talk. And I was like, I want to work here. This is exactly where I want to be at. Cause this is how we get to operate. Yeah. And so, yeah, man. So, I, but I think I, too, like just how that applies, like for the whole fit for duty concept. So people kind of wrap their head around it is like, think about how much healthier you are. Like you're just in your zone. You're who you are. You're approaching something with clarity a situation and you're able to just be you. Like if you need to be an asshole, you need to be an asshole. Like for anybody listening, like don't get it twisted. Like we're not like two soft cops who just want to be soft with everybody. Cause that's far, far oh, from yeah. the truth. Like we arrested more people and doubt more people, more critical incidents than most, but you should just treat people good. So for your own mental health, you got to treat those people good. So you felt good, right? You went home like, Oh, I felt good. Like I stopped these old ladies last night and like gave them a warning because they didn't have their headlights on or something like that. You know what I mean? Maybe I made a difference in their life compared to being a robot asshole who treats everybody a certain way scratches everybody for whatever moving violation it is treats everybody talks to everybody exactly the same like Mm -hmm. that is going to destroy you in the long term i don't care what anybody says like that just becomes your identity you're talking to your wife like that your kids like that like talking to everybody like that instead of just being a human that's just no way like you're not gonna you're gonna end up hating your job and you know what I mean? So when it comes to like mental health and being fit for duty, like that stuff goes a long way with how you treat other people. You may not directly feel it, but it made you feel good. Like you're explaining, it made you feel good, right? Because you're doing something good. And yeah. I've seen you work and you've handed out, well, you've used the necessary force to affect the rest, whatever fucking politically correct crap you want to use. So it's not, like I said, it's not like you're talking to two soft cops. We're just tired of the bullshit and people acting like you got to be a certain way. So we're trying to put it out there, but you will feel better about yourself by treating people good. I mean, and I've treated everybody in every walk of life the same way. They earn that respect. They're really good people. I'll treat them really good. 
You know what I mean? They're a gangster or somebody wants to hurt us. Somebody wants to fight us. We're going to act accordingly. And that's just how it goes. So then if you do it, and that's why I was saying lawfully, you can treat people certain ways. You can do a lot of things to people, but can you do it morally? Like, can you talk to that old couple or that soccer mom, like a piece of shit because they were speeding? Like, you know what I mean? I can't. And then that's just going to eat you up in 10, 15 years when you just become a jaded asshole. Exactly. And I think that shoot, that should treating people how you want to be treated or just having a heart. I think that should be a class in itself at the academy. And it's teach, oh, yeah. teach that for freaking. But it's like the, it's almost like they don't. It's like they yeah. want them to be these fucking robotic assholes. They put so many rules on how you should talk or whatnot. But it's like, yeah, I just think that should be like I said, like working there. It was it was FTO and just experience that got me to be, I think, a good cop. And it's just like people like, you know, leaders like you and everyone else who I was under just teach me like, no, don't do it that way. Just talk like this. I, oh, I could talk like that. Yeah. Like, why? Why not? Why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't you feel? Why shouldn't you have feelings? You know, why shouldn't you should be empathetic? Why shouldn't you? Oh, that makes sense. And it just made me a better person. So I'm like, I got to got, you know, I'm glad that I was able to see things that way. And then and in the end, just be able to do what I want to do, because it's not even just for the soccer, but even just like the gangsters itself. No, anybody. Anyone is just like. I had, man, I had so many gangsters tell me like, Hey, you're cool. Like, I appreciate it. Like I remember telling one guy like, Hey, you want to ride? It's like 20 degrees outside. When we ride you back to your house, you're out here walking around. He's like, like, you know, I can't do that. I was like, no, but he's like, I appreciate that fact that you gave me the offer to do that because it is cold out yeah. here. And I was like, man, that's, I don't give a shit. You ain't doing anything bad right now. You know? So whatever. Yeah. And I never had another guy in prison who just got out of prison and he was like a high ranking guy in prison i saw his tattoos and stuff and uh, he was just like i talked to him for literally 45 minutes to get like this return back from something but i told him the return i came back a long time ago he's like no i just like talking to you and we literally conversated like 45 minutes he's like well you know i'll see you later blah 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 not 45 minutes probably like 30 minutes but the fact that we were able to do that he was like i appreciate the talk you're really cool um he's well and like the whole experience was good for him he's like man that's i never it's a lot different to have this conversation with you to be able to have that. And it's pretty cool. To, I get to be able to do that with you. And I'm like, man, I don't really care. You know, like you don't have to do anything bad. Like the same thing as like a little speeding, you know, like everyone yeah. does it. Well, so. and I think too, like, I know it's kind of going crazy back towards the left, but the, it's just kind of thought crossed my mind. It's like, cause I don't want people to get the misconception who don't know who we are and our work ethics. Like, I think, you, but like, so you are confident in your abilities for several reasons. You're confident in your abilities because you're physically fit. You know, the Marines gave you a lot of fighting. You're comfortable fighting. You're comfortable around gangsters. You've been around gangsters before. You're not scared of them. You're not scared of anybody. So, like, you treat people a certain way. Like, I feel like I've probably sent more gangsters to prison than just about anybody around me just because of the assignment. But, like, even when I worked a certain assignment, then, like, that's all we did. Like, we weren't scared of them. We were confident in our trainings, confident in our physical ability. So I'd get out and talk to anybody. Um, but that goes back to being fit for duty. If you're not confident in who you are, you're either going to be overly nice to people, you know what I mean, and get yourself hurt, or you're, you're like, you can't be nice to a, a, a gangster because you're so scared they're going to whoop your ass at any given time. Like I've seen that with so many different people, like, cause they don't have the confidence. So they treat good people, bad. They treat bad people. Good because <laughs> yeah. you know, they treat, they treat the victims really crappy because that's when they're confident. Cause the victims aren't going to whoop their ass. They treat the bad people good because they're scared. They're going to get their ass whooped. So then they just kind of like 
you know, almost like quasi flirt with these fucking people where you can get out and you can talk to a gangster. You're not scared about them. You know what I mean? Like you get out, you throw him out. If he wants to fight, you're going to fight him. You know what I mean? He's going to, he's going to, he's going to go to jail where a lot of people can't do that because they're so scared of him because they were not fit for duty. They don't do jujitsu. They don't do some type of fighting. They don't do physical fitness. You know, they've never been punched in their mouth in their life. They're sheltered. And then like that carries over then, you know what I mean? If something, that guy does something, you, you know, the esco, the use of force gets super escalated. And I think that's going to be a real big topic for this podcast of how, you know, being fit for duty, mentally, physically, being a good person all ties into being able to do the job. You know what I mean? It's like, cause you're going to hear me talking like, well, yeah, but you don't understand why you're doing it. Like I'm sitting here listening to you talk and it's like, yeah, you're doing this and you don't realize it because you were confident in yourself. And I've seen you work as a supervisor. You know what I mean? Like I've seen you work, get out and talk to carload of gangsters, like nothing. Cause you're, phys- you know, you're confident and you're like, fuck it goes into a firefight. I can handle it. They want to fist fight. We're going to get down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Plus you've been around gangsters before in your life. <laughs> you know, So that makes a big difference. You know, some people are, you know, they say what they want. They're scared to talk to certain races. They're scared to get out and get confronted and get called certain things. People call me racist all day long. Like, Everyone who knows me knows I'm the least racist person probably on the planet, but that's why I'm comfortable around anybody of any walk of life because that's just the way I was raised. And then I stayed physically fit. Like I was confident in my abilities, confident in myself and confident in the guys around me. And if you're not, yeah, you're going to struggle. Like it's going to eat you up alive. You're going to get back down on the fight. You're going to go home and hate yourself for it. You know what I mean? You're not going to be able to get to a leg bail because you weren't physically fit or mentally ready. Because I've seen a lot of people who are not in physical shape, but they are mentally, dude, they may throw up in the fight, but they never quit. Yeah. So it's not all physical fitness like we're talking about. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. Like there's a lot to unpack when it comes to the whole fit for duty. And like you said in the beginning, I like that. You're like, it's not a physical fitness type um, podcast, but you know, that's going to play a lot into it. No, exactly. I just like you brought up like, yeah, the reason, like you said, like, I didn't even think about it like that. Like, the reason why I was the way I am, well, I still am, is because I am physically fit. I do work on that kind of stuff. And um, and like I said, I was always around gangsters growing up. So it's just like, when I, like you said, like if I walked out of the car and it's like, fuck you, and I'd just be like, all right, well, this is going to be a whole nother way then, you know? Yeah. Like, I wasn't going to come into it like, oh, hey, well, you know, I'm, so- I'm sorry you feel that way. Like, no. It's like, yeah. they, they chose like I said, not them, but just everyone gangster is a normal person. Who's just mad at me. Like I've had that too. Just, I pull someone over there and it's a normal person just pissed off. And it's like, I was going to come to you be nice and be like, Oh, Hey, have a good day. You know, slow down. But now you change the whole dynamic of how this conversation is going to go and this contact is going to go. So it's always that person who, who changes when you're, when you're a cop who just who cares and has a heart and wants to be nice to everyone it's up to the person who you're dealing with. That's going to change the dynamic of the conversation or the contact. So I always try to approach it with, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be good. And I'm just going to talk to these people and whatever. So yeah, if I would have got the car and they're like, fuck you right off the bat. And just like talking shit, I'm like, well, it's going to go this way now. And yeah. I always told people oh. too, when I was nice talking with them, I was like, if suddenly started going kind of a little bit sideways, I'd be like, don't take my kindness for weakness. Cause then this is what's going to happen. And then sometimes they would, you know, lake bells or fights, whatever. And I always had no problem doing a lake bell. And I always had no problem doing a fight or shooting so it's just like i'm gonna do it regardless but i'm letting you know like i'm just being nice because i want to be nice and i am a nice person but don't fucking think that i'm I'm like scared of you or whatever it is and they'd be like yeah i know i respect that so and people and dude people know like right off the get-go too like 
what type of cop you are. And everyone gets the, you, you, you decide what type of cop you're going to be. Everybody individually, people read you, you read gangsters, you read, I say, I always say gangsters because that's all I did. But I mean, you read people like you meet somebody and like, Oh dude, this dude's a real deal. Like if this goes South, like this is going to be bad. You want know, to talk about whoever you're dealing with and they read cops the same way. They know whether you're confident, they know whether you're not, they know whether you're prepared. And if they, if you're not prepared, you know what I mean? They're going to exploit it. They're going to take advantage of it. That's just, I mean, I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of extremely violent and sophisticated people. And they all say the same thing. Like they know what shift, like who works, what beat they knew, like who's working, what specialties and gang units. And like, they know who's on beat. Like they know all of that. They know it's just, you know, especially in smaller areas, you know, maybe not so much larger areas, but even in larger areas, I know guys that work for LAPD and they work in a gang unit and they're notorious People know like their cars, they know what they drive, they know who they are. That's in LA. It's a massive area. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It all goes to your physical presence, how you wear your uniform. You know, if you again, this can go off on a tangent, but if you show up to work looking shitty in your uniform yeah. or shaving your hair, you yourself are gonna feel the same way. Look good, feel good. You know what I mean? And you get out of your car, you look like hell. People are gonna be like, oh, well, fuck, here we go. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't mean you have to be like high and tight boot shine. Cause I probably shine my boots twice in, eight, <laughs> in 18 years. And I don't mean it like that at all. I just mean like, you know what I mean? It's a physical appearance. It's whether they, I, that whole, I don't know. But not only does I mean, it, not only does it go off into them, but even you, like, when you feel good in your like how oh, yeah. fits and whatnot, it comes off in the, as yourself it's as confidence. well. Confidence. Yeah. yeah. So if it's, it's all like, baggy and saggy and everything is all fucking everywhere and your vest is all, I hate shitty vests. I look all, clustered up with a bunch of shit and i'm like man you're so stupid that's <laughs> yeah and that like you said earlier that goes to like all first responders to you know firemen nurses you know what i mean emts everything right just take care of yourself your uniform your mental you know we're gonna cover it all but your you know your uniforms your mental health your hair stay groomed um and that goes to like my girls you know my wife like they love to stay and you know they like, like they're fresh all the time, like, you know, clothes, shoes, because then they just feel good. So that's like every walk of life, you know what I mean? So I think yeah. it's really important, you know, the, and that goes into the whole mental health of it. So, we'll go, like, so even what we were talking about before, too, it goes with everyone. So imagine imagine being like, I appreciate everyone's experience. Imagine going to the hospital, dealing with a doctor or a nurse, and they're just assholes. Oh, yeah. And then you have one doctor come up to you, like, explaining things to you and, like, calming you, you know, whatever it is, like, just being personable. And it's like, I like that doctor. Can he be with me the whole time? You know, while we're oh, dealing. Dude. But you can have an asshole doctor, and like I said, this, and it's all it. It all goes like we we give our experiences as far as, far as law enforcement, but it all goes with everyone oh. who's listening. Like it could go with anyone, just being a good person. Because you have that shitty ass fucking doctor, and the nurse has to come in and be like, "No, this starts explaining things to you," and you're like, you know what? Thanks for appreciating. Absolutely. Blah, blah, blah. So no, that is a hundred percent, man. I've been in the hospital. Like, I had a ten hour surgery, almost lost my leg, and like. Dude, I had the best nurses at uh, CRMC in Fresno. Like the nurses were phenomenal. And then I got moved to like a lower grade of care because I was in ICU and they were still pretty good. Right. But it's just like you felt like you went from like major league care to like minor league care, you know, yeah. like they're just like, ah, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, you're it, it was just way different. They were still nice. And I had a couple that pain to ask but man like when i had my good nurse and i'm very lucky that i have a really 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 good surgeon um but like the nurses were phenomenal like even um the uh one nurse that was in icu and you're supposed to only have like two visitors and they can't be like younger than 12 or 13 or some shit like that so 
my daughters at the time were both younger than 12. And you know what I mean? I'm like damn near dying on a bed and had all these surgeries. They can't come in to see me. And the one nurse, they essentially snuck both of my daughters into their ICU room just so they could be with me. It's like, you know what I mean? Like that's thinking with your heart. Could they have gotten in trouble? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, they didn't put anybody's life in danger. They didn't do anything crazy. Like imagine me or my daughters, like my daughters can't come see me because these nurses like completely lose track of thinking with their heart. You know what I mean? And then that nurse has to go home. Like what if I die and the nurse is like, fuck, if I had just brought those kids in, they could have saw their dad before they died. Yeah. Like you know that. what I mean? So Thank imagine, you. dude, it's going to go on another rant, but imagine what nurses are facing right now and they have with COVID. Like, oh, dude, ner- dude, nurses have my mad respect. Like, they always have, right? I think nurses are fucking amazing people. But just imagine them. Everyone is so angry at them because they can't. I mean, I know people whose wives have babies. They couldn't be in there with them. I know people whose family members died and the nurses couldn't let them in. It's not the nurses. And this is, they can't even... You, they're thinking with their heart. This is like a completely different ball game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they can't let them in by no way, no how just can't happen. You know what I mean? Imagine the mental health that they are dealing with. And now they're getting this whole, and I don't want to get political, but getting the whole like COVID thing jammed at them, but they are watching people die. Like I know a nurse who held, did FaceTime for a family member who was dying to see his family member before he died. Cause the family could not come into him. So she did a FaceTime call just to let the family see him. Do you imagine having to be that nurse going home? Like this guy's going to die and he had to say his goodbyes or the family had to say their goodbyes on FaceTime. Oh, mm-hmm. Fuck dude. That's brutal. But imagine if she didn't even do that, you know, like I had the 20 oh, yeah, exactly. technology to do this, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just gonna yeah, just do but, my job. but she did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. She didn't have to do it, but again, it's going back <laughs> to thinking with your heart. Do you know why? Because people are good people. It's just sometimes we lose track of that because we rightfully become so jaded because of the job and we're trying to block all this shit out. But it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, think with your heart. Don't lose your job over stuff, but just think with your heart. Like, be passionate. And I promise you, you will have a stronger mental health, physical health, better family life, better on the job. Like, but yeah, my heart, you know, my heart goes out to nurses and anybody in the medical field right now. Like, just keep doing what you're doing. So it's, it's fucking awesome. No, yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because, like, we're giving some of these experiences, and like, we're it's not like we've been perfect the whole time, but it's like you said, you brought up don't get jaded by our time goes on because you could get complacent, and then maybe yeah. I have a call where you're just bad or you, you know, you weren't as you didn't have that's good, that's gonna happen, yeah. And so, it's just like the person if you're you know, a listener and you've been let's say you've been in first responder or military for 30 years, 20 years, 15 years, 10, whatever it is, five years, and you're like, you know what you start thinking about different calls. Like, you know what? Maybe I could, maybe I was probably bad at that one or this one or whatever it was. And you're like, I'm going to be better. I appreciate listening to this on this podcast. It kind of reminded me and then get out of that complacency and then go back to doing how you, you know, because going back to being that good person you were, you know, it's like, all right, cool. Cause you are dealing with people and people remember, like I said, that five-year-old kid, I remember at five, you know, so like that sticks with you. So like, maybe, you know, all right. Glad I got to listen to this. Glad I got to hear this. I'm going to be better. If you're, because like I said, like you're just dealing with people. And when it comes, especially in the hospital setting or even just either for responder thing, it's just like you're dealing with people, not only just dealing with people, you're not just contacting like a salesman at their house. You're dealing with usually big situations if, if either one's involved, you know? Yeah. You're not in the hospital just for just to go 
to just go to the hospital. Like you're there for a reason. No. So like, you're, yeah, they're like, there for a reason. Like, yeah, just so think about the shit that they have to deal with. <clears throat> yeah. So it's like, I'm glad that we have this. And like, I got to go into, we get to go into all the avenues of being physically fit, <clears throat> being mentally ready, being better for not only for yourself, because we want you safe too. We don't want you having to go through things on your own and mentally have a war within yourself. And then also be there for your family and be better for your family. And the cool thing is like, I get to have Taylor on here because he gets to go in his own experiences with as long as career that he had and then having, and then coming home to his kids and his wife. And then like thinking about all this stuff all the time, you know, spent away or whatever. And then, and the units he was in and like, you know what? I, I like what I like the lifestyle I have right now. Get to go with, you know, rides with my kids, spend time with my wife and like, maybe, you know, and then be telling me like, I could have been better at these different areas, blah, 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 blah. And it's like the fact to get to have someone like you be able to explain things for other cops who are in it. And this, if we get to tell them like this thing about this thing about that, even me being a new cop, well, not new anymore, but like the five years yeah. that it's been going on, it's like from the first year to the fifth year, I got to have people like you and people like you, like, Hey, like, I'm glad you stopped me from like literally right off the bat. Just like, I know you want to do this, but make sure that, your wife always comes first. I didn't have a kid Fuck the time yeah. yet, but it's just like, make sure don't be, I never, she telling me, don't be me. Yeah. So the fact that he could tell me like, don't be me. I lost, you know, my wife, uh, was, you know, put and then so did this, I. my kids, blah, blah, blah. And so the fact that you got people could come to me and be like, and just tell me straight up, like not just saying just to say, you're telling me like from experience, like do not be me. And this, you know, this will always be here and just be blah, 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 blah. So I was like, you know what? That's, fucking awesome that you get to have people like that and so for people listening maybe they might maybe they don't have a taylor maybe they don't have a shoe or or rod or all my mentors you know they don't have these people in their life and now at least they could have it here and they'll explain to them you know think about like oh shit maybe i shouldn't maybe i should you know go see my wife i should go see my kids talking maybe i shouldn't take this overtime yeah all, maybe like maybe yeah. i should send flowers to my wife maybe i should do this with my significant other like topics are going to be real on here like it's going to piss some people off it's going to hurt a lot of feelings and especially with me being on like the retired side like i have a little bit different look on it but um like shit's going to get real on here but i think that's exactly what needs to happen and with people's feedback and questions like it, it's going to I mean, like, there's a thousand things going through my mind right now that I want to talk about, but it's like, fuck, we'd be, we'd have an eight hour podcast to get <laughs> yeah. do more, but no, I think it's good. You brought up, a, that was a really good point of like, you know, the family side of it. It's not just about the job and, you know, you gotta be willing to speak up and help somebody. Like I, what drives me crazy is when people let other people go through their same experiences, like, fuck that. I don't want anybody to go through what I went through with my divorce and putting the job first. Like I went to the point where work became home and home became work. Like, dude, that's not good. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I mean, we could end it. We're gonna, I think it'd be a good time to end it here. Cause we go on forever. Yeah. <laughs> For all the listeners listening, like things will be, things will be put more in detail. Like the, each episode will be more in detail on a certain topic. We'll go into it. Get questions. Uh, you can either send us an email. Um, my email is going to be Gilbert, G-I-L-B-E-R-T at reveintraining.com, R-E-V-E-I-N training.com. It's my um, business email with my business, my fitness business that I have. Or you can go to my Instagram at reveintraining, R-E-V-E-I-N training. And then Taylor, I uh, think is uh, at T-L. Yeah, underscore 382. Yeah. Shoot us a message. Ask whatever you want. This is the fit for duty podcast if it has to deal with that i just put this make sure i mean we have this i have other pockets as well but if you want something as far as fit for duty 
just put in like reference that somewhere so we understand like where it's coming from i mean this is this is our podcast and like we'll ask or answer whatever you want we'll go into certain topics on on podcasts and go into whatever it is and like i said we could just be real and kind of go into like i said it's gonna be great to give give these things to certain people to who probably need to listen to it or you know they might not have that that kind of like either leadership or someone caring for them or mentoring them through all this different stuff. So I think it would be good. And like I said, each episode will have more detail on a certain topic. We'll just go on to, we'll branch off into everything in this one episode. And like I said, we'll be here for 10, 12, 15 hours. So, um, but we want to kind of give it back on everything and kind of go into detail what it's going to be like. And hopefully you guys liked it and you guys will listen on to later on the other episodes as well. So Taylor, is there anything that you want to kind of cover before we get off? No, that's it. And if you think there's somebody like, and this is not about likes and notoriety or popularity of the podcast, like it's truly about getting out to help people. Uh, we don't give a fuck about like how many listeners there are and stuff like that. So if you think there's somebody out there who could benefit from it, just, you know, make sure you tag or mention it to them. Again, it's not about likes or anything like that. It's more about just trying to get the word out, starting conversation with people, making certain things normal and let you know you're not feel alone and kind of all in this bullshit together. So the more people it reaches, and the better it is. Hope to see you guys next next episode then, but y'all have a good day. Whoa.